Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from July 3rd by Brother Todd Burgess titled Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's open up to Matthew chapter 5. And we are going to be in that third verse. Now, since I preached one and two last week, we kind of divided the message up a little bit. So uh, we're in just, just verse 3, although I'm going, to be take, I'm, going to, I'm going to take each one of the Beatitudes one every Sunday. So um, I think there's just a lot of stuff we need to dig into here and really take a look at it. And so when you, when you, when you look at what Jesus is doing, and I look at these first Verses 3 through like 11, uh, if not 12 as well, throw that in there too. Uh, many times you, you see this, these preached from a, from, a, from a get saved perspective, which to be truth is an application that can be applied here. But when I look at this and I look at who Jesus is talking to, he's talking to his disciples. The multitudes have been left that down, down below. Uh, at the foot of the mountain, and he's talking to his disciples. And I begin to read and, and, and study th- these words and, and things that are here. I see this as Jesus, one of our big words we use, uh, and I haven't, haven't been to seminary, but one of those big words they use, sanctification. That's what you see here. This is that sanctification process taking place in a, in a believer's life. And Jesus is teaching this to his disciples. And so we need to understand that. And so Jesus begins uh, the step in his ministry, this step in his ministry, by, by teaching his disciples about how they are to live and conduct themselves as Christians, as his future church, which they, they will establish after his resurrection. And so what we're seeing here is how, as believers, we are to live in God's fullness how we are to live a spirit-filled life, being able to see people from as God sees them, see people from God's perspective. And that's what Jesus is, is doing here. That's what he, he, is, he is teaching here. And so in verse 3 it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Lord, as we look at your word today, may your Holy Spirit just... Guide me as I preach. May people hear from you. Lord, may we, may we see that to be obedient to, to you, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to have full reign in our lives. And what we're going to be discussing here these next several weeks about the Beatitudes is not something that we ourselves can do in our own strength but it has to be something that we allow your Holy Spirit to do in us. And Lord, it's going to be a hard struggle. But Lord, you're here to help us to accomplish this. For we pray this in your Holy Name. Amen. And so as we look at this, the first thing Jesus begins to teach to his disciples is about humility. But before we get into being poor in spirit, we have to look at that very first word that Jesus uses nine more times. And that's blessed, blessed. 
That word right there, that is the key to all this. Now, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do this many, many times, but uh, that, that word is makarios, and it refers to one who possesses the favor of God. Now, that's interesting. One who possesses the favor of God. That word itself tells us that Jesus is speaking to Christians. Because Christians are the one that possess the favor of God. But there's more to it than that. Much more. It's, it it it's, refers to a, a state of being marked by the fullness that comes from God. To be full of God. Full of God's presence. And it's teaching about a believer that is in Christ. One who is walking in Christ, living their life in Christ. Now, 2 Peter 1 verse 4, and I like, again, I like to use scripture to interpret scripture. It says, whereby are given unto us, well, Peter is talking about believers, exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And so that verse right there is talking about great and precious promises that are given to God's children. What are those promises? What are those promises? There's one that overwhelms them all. And that promise is what? Giving of eternal life. But how? By being saved. What happens at salvation? Who do we receive? The Holy Spirit of God. That is important. We receive at salvation the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God, the third member of the Trinity, dwells, lives in our bodies. We believe that. Okay? We believe that. So that's important. That's one of those great and precious promises. Now you look at all the, the benefits. Look at the, all, all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. All that list of, of the fruit of the Spirit. To me, those aren't separate. Those are all describing the Spirit of God in us. Those are all things that, that describe God's agape love. Okay? That's God's love. He, he, he broke it down for us. And so that, that's important to understand. And so those are the great and precious promises given to us because of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And, and so we are, because of that, according to this verse in 2 Peter 1.4, we are partakers of the divine nature the Holy Spirit is divine the Holy Spirit is in us we are partakers of that divine nature and because of that we now are able to escape the corruption of this world and all of its lusts that's what it says but do we sometimes not partake of that lust and not partake of that corruption as Christians we do sometimes we sin still Right? But being blessed of God tells us that if we're being indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God because of what Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary, that we should be fully satisfied in every situation that God places us in. 
We don't get our joy, we don't get our peace from our circumstances, from our job, from our church, from all these other things. We don't get our peace, our joy from those things. Our peace and joy comes from the Holy Spirit in us. That as Peter understood and Paul understood when they're being whipped and beaten and they could still sing praises to God in prison. Because their joy didn't come from their circumstances. It didn't come from their friends. Although Paul received comfort when he got a good report back about the believers in Philippi and Corinth and some of these places. He got joy from that. But that joy was based because of the Holy Spirit in him. That's where that joy came from. And so to be Makarios, to be blessed of God, is to have God's kingdom within our heart. And so again, Matthew 5.10, a verse we'll get to in a couple weeks. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so again, it's not our situation, it's not our circumstances. It's the Holy Spirit of God in us. And so to be blessed is one who is in the world, yet independent of the world. We are still here, but we are not of this world, the Bible says. We are ambassadors of Christ. And we need to live as such. Our satisfaction comes from God and not from circumstances around us. And that's what it means to be blessed. And so when you, when you have the understanding of, of this word blessed, and you put that in front of each of these verses through verse 12, as Jesus has done, I believe it changes the content of what's being interpreted here. And so blessed, one who is marked by the God's fullness, are poor in spirit. The blessed ones are poor in spirit. Now, again, I've mentioned all these beatitudes are something that we cannot do in our own strength, in our own capacities, our own abilities, our own power. It cannot happen. These things only happen by allowing the Spirit of God in us to do what He is leading and wanting us to do. And again, that's that word sanctification. And it takes us a lifetime to get from point A after salvation to our death and go to be with God. There's a lifetime of spiritual growth that takes place. And hopefully we're continuing to, to grow. But I think, and I know in my life, a lot of times there's, there's this, well, here's it, up, oh, here, you know, but hopefully we're continuing to grow. That's why I like David. I like, uh, well, we, in Sunday school, they talked about Asa, King Asa, and, and it just, it's good to see that they were called men after God's own heart. Did everything right in the eyes of God according to what the Bible says about King, King Asa. And, and it's just good to know, but yet we saw the mistakes that he made. We saw the mistakes, the sins that David committed. But yet, if their heart is where it needs to be, God says, you're, then you're one of my children. And so, it's good to understand this. And so, the poor. Now, the poor... This refers to those low, humble, in low estate. And it, even, and it even includes being afflicted and distressed. People that are low before God. And as we're going to see, 
It's talking about a spiritual humility that only God can give to his children that are blessed of God. So, what, what we see here about those that are poor is this is the putting down of self. A truly humble person is one that has put down self. And folks, let me tell you, how many says that's easy to do? It's not. It's very hard to do. Because we, by nature, are prideful people. We, by nature, Americans especially, believe that we are people that are entitled. You may not believe that. I do. I think Americans think we're entitled. And that's one of our biggest downfalls. And so we have to learn what it means to be low Poor in spirit, low before God, putting down oneself. See, Jesus' entire ministry was different than many that went before him. Because his entire ministry was spelled out in Matthew 11, verse 5, that says, "Blind, The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Well, those are the people that Jesus ministered to. Same people he expected his disciples to minister to. The same people he expects us to minister to. But so often in so many churches, that tends to be the last, <clears throat> the last group we tend to minister to. And it shouldn't be this way. Now that's a quote in, from uh, Isaiah 61.1. What Jesus read when he was when he was when he quoted that and, and, and in your hearing this this passage has been fulfilled and he got kicked out of, of Nazareth, uh, but it says in sixty one one and the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he, the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound and and so again there tends to be in the church today a rejection many times of, of, of that class, that group of people. But yet that's exactly who Jesus went to. Because in Psalm 69 verse 33 it says, for the Lord hears the, power, the poor and despises not his prisoners. And so we should do the same. We need to have this humility of God putting ourselves down and in doing that, we raise others up. Now, so talking about the poor. Now, we're going to talk about the, the phrase in, in, in spirit, the poor in spirit. Now, the word there is pneuma. And it's seen as the seat of our affections, our emotions, our passions. And folks, there are many kinds, many, many variations that we find, especially in as they relate to humility. But in Psalm 34, verse 18, the Lord, it says that the Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Otherwise, we're putting others' needs above our own. And so we, we, we see we need to put down self, but in doing so, we have to put others' needs above our own. 
That's poor in spirit. 2 Corinthians 7.13, Paul says, Therefore we were comforted in your comfort, yea, the exceedingly the more joyed for we for the joy of Titus, because his spirit was refreshed by you all. Otherwise, when, when Titus came back and reported to Paul all that was going on, how the church at Corinth, after Paul wrote 1 Corinthians and really just laid it on the line what they weren't doing, all the problems they had, then when Titus went over there and began to minister, Titus came back and said, Paul, the church changed her heart. And Paul was joyed about that. He was, he was excited about that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit in him leaped for joy. So Paul leaped for joy with them. See, what, what, what this shows, it shows that there has to be a heart of compassion within Christians. Remember, I, I mentioned very first, we have to see people as God sees people. We need to see everybody from God's perspective. Now, sometimes we'll, we'll go by people and, okay, we, we walk on by, that's fine. But sometimes we'll walk by people and God will show us something and we need to respond. We need to have his compassion. We can't spend our time ministering to everybody we see. Even Jesus didn't do that. He walked among the crowds and, and he waited for the people that God wanted him to minister to. And when he saw Zacchaeus, I like that example because it's very true. Wow, God, you must be dealing, dealing with that man, so I'm going to his house today. We need to respond as God does. Look for the things that God is doing. Something only God would do. How many had grown adults, you know, would climb a tree to see somebody? No, we just wouldn't do those kind of things. How many grown adults, if you had some very COVID, okay, here's an example. Here's the lady with, with, with the issue of blood and she was supposed to announce, unclean, unclean, but yet she got amongst that crowd and just to touch the hem of Jesus. You see, you've got to find what God is doing and join Him. Not, God, this is what I'm doing. It's good work. You come join me. But too often that's what we do. Why? Because we're not poor in spirit. We haven't put ourselves down, denied ourselves. We haven't put the needs of others above our own. John eleven thirty three. 33, we know John eleven thirty five. 35, you know, everyone knows that verse, right? Shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. You know, if you had to quote verses, sometimes in fall festivals, you get put in jail and you got to quote two or three verses. That's usually, Jesus wept, you know, that's one of my verses I can get out with. John three sixteen is another one, you know. Um, but we forget why did Jesus weep? Why did he weep? He had compassion on those when he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. John eleven thirty three says, And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. See, it showed that heart of compassion of Jesus. We see Jesus constantly put himself down. He denied himself okay he put the needs of others first he had a heart of compassion and this isn't something that he did because he's God no I believe God Jesus put aside all godly attributes when he walked on this earth as a man he had to live as he expects us to live in the guidance of the Holy Spirit that 
whom he received at his baptism. Okay? And so he was following the Holy Spirit's direction throughout, through it all. And so he had this heart of compassion which the Holy Spirit, I really, I really believe, believe gave, gave to him. And the same heart that the Holy Spirit wants to give to us, that heart of compassion. Think of this. Paul had this heart of compassion in Acts 17, verse 16, where it says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city was wholly given to idolatry. It broke Paul's heart to see this. And even after God showed him a, a, a way that he, can, he, he could preach when he found that this idol to the unknown God, he was still broken for this people. Are we broken for those out there that don't know Jesus? Do we have that? Are we poor in spirit when it comes to their spiritual needs? Have we allowed Christ in such a way to, to, to engulf us and envelop us with his Holy Spirit that we are moved when his spirit is moved? I'm going to show my age here. Okay, how many, how, how many, you know, where the red, red fern grows? If you know, you've seen that movie. Old Yeller, seen those movies. How many, how many cried at those movies? Okay. We have a heart of compassion when it comes to fiction sometimes. What about the everyday life and those that are around us? that are in need of a Savior. This is why I believe Jesus is talking to his disciples about how to minister, how to reach the lost. He's not talking about save, getting people about being saved. He's talking about our process of growing in the Lord so that we can be effective ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about here in the Beatitudes. And it comes through humility. And so Matthew 5, 3, being poor in spirit, means that those who have recognized their spiritual helplessness, which means it's their inability to serve Christ in the flesh. We have to recognize that as Christians, that we cannot serve our Lord and Savior in our own flesh. We can only serve Him by the Spirit of God in us. That's the only way we can do it. Only way we can do it. See, this is the state that every Christian must come to realize. That nothing is done in our own strength. It must be the power of God in us. As, as he is leading us with this spirit of humility that only he can give. Because we begin to see people from his perspective and our heart bleeds for them. Because they need to know Jesus. Or for Christians who are going through hard times, our heart breaks for them, and we're, we're there no matter, even, even though they may have ridiculed us and they may have maybe our worst, our worst enemy, even though they're Christians, they're hurting, and we come and we put our arm around them, and we help them, we lift them up. That's what Christians are. That's that spirit, those that are poor in spirit. See, we can't do it our way. It must be God's way. And let me tell you, those that are truly blessed and are poor in spirit, 
The result, theirs is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And that's referring to a royal dominion, a royal dominion. Now, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, you're going to see those terms mixed frequently in, in the Gospels. Mark uses the kingdom of God most of the time, but they pretty much mean the same thing. And so the kingdom of heaven, we have to understand, is both here and right now, but also in the future. How is the kingdom of heaven here right now? Anybody know? Okay? It's, it's His Holy Spirit is here right now, but how is He with us right now? In us right now. That's exactly it. If you're a child of God, that means the Holy Spirit is in you. And so the kingdom of God is in you. The question is, how much of that kingdom of God in you does the world see as being of God, and how much of that kingdom of God in you is the world seeing of you or of me? See, we reflect the kingdom of God as children of God. We either give a good reflection of it or a poor reflection of it. But we do demonstrate the kingdom of God one way or another. And we need to understand that. You see, spiritually, the kingdom of God is within the human heart. Luke 17, 21 says, Neither shall they say, Lo there or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And what it does, it, it, signif it signifies God's rule within our lives. Are you on the throne still? Or is Christ on the throne? As Christians, you know, God doesn't make us slaves. He's our master. We should be subservient to him, but he doesn't force it upon us. Are we on the throne or is Christ on the throne in our lives? See, that's why Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 2.12 that we should walk worthy of God who hath called us unto his kingdom and glory. See, we would walk worthy. Doesn't mean we're automatically we're going to do it. No. We have to learn this, this process. And folks, as we go through these things, the first one, pour in spirit, is the first step. So you got all these steps in, in this building. First step, pour in spirit. You know? Second step, mourn. You keep going through all these steps. And when you find out all of a sudden down here in verse 9, uh, you fail being a peacemaker, oh, well, I guarantee you, you fail verses 3 through 7 before you fail peacemaker. Some parts, you've stepped, you've, you miss those, those things. Okay? I hate calling things a process, but this is the way Jesus lies, lays it out. You've got to learn one, and, and you'll grow through, and then, you, then Jesus says, all right, you, you've, you've understood that about this part of your life. Now let's go back and look at this next part of your life, and you're all the way back to fruit of the Spirit again, porn spirit. <laughs> you know? Good. That's that process that God calls us through. Matthew 3, 2. 
Jesus' baptism, we talked about that. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what Jesus was saying. It's at hand. Why? Because it's in us now. Those who accept Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, the Holy Spirit of God indwells us. We are the kingdom of God right now. We are the kingdom of heaven right now that people are seeing. Matthew 5, 19. I've heard, heard this verse sometimes misquoted. But whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach, them, teach men also, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Wow, that means there's hierarchy in heaven? Yes. Based on the good you do on this earth. And it's the good that God has directed you to do. Ephesians 2.10. Okay? God has already laid out, laid out all the works he wants you to do. He laid out all the works he wants me to do. And how many of those works we accomplish, that's the good that won't be burned up in the judgment of Christ. Okay? That's the good. That's precious stones, gems, gold, silver. The works we do is wood, hay, and stubble, and they don't last. And depending on what you do for God, there it is. There are some Christians that get through into heaven, and they're pretty much, if you want to say it, by the, by the skin of their teeth. Because they live their life as Christians, but carnally. Never learning how to follow the Holy Spirit of God in them. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Matthew 18, 1 through 4. At the same time came the disciples unto him, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The first step in our walk to maturity in Christ, poor in spirit, humility, God-given humility. We can take ourselves so far, but we can't take ourselves as far as Jesus wants to take us in humility. But we can take ourselves, we can begin that process. See, Jesus here is teaching of the necessity to live out our lives by being filled by the Spirit of God and doing what the Spirit of God tells us to do. I'm going to tell you, this being filled by the Spirit of God is not a one-time situation. You can be filled by the Spirit of God today and on fire, and tomorrow you lost the feeling. You didn't lose your salvation, but you lost the feeling of God because of sin. We have to understand that. And so allowing his Holy Spirit to guide and to teach us all things to bring us into that image of Christ. And that's what Jesus is teaching his disciples here. That these beatitudes are the things that Christians have to learn in order to become like Christ. To live like Christ. To live as Christ wants them to live. To live in Christ's humility, being filled by the Spirit of God. But for that to happen... We must first put down self, deny ourselves. But then we need to see people as God sees them, putting others' needs above our own. And he'll give us that heart of compassion. 
and we'll recognize our inability to serve Christ in the flesh and we'll allow the Holy Spirit of God in us to model Christ for us as we live on this earth. That's what it is. See, you are blessed of God when you follow God's plan laid out here in the Beatitudes. And the first one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That first step is godly humility, being poor in spirit. Let's stand and pray. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.